Hi, this is Jerome with episode 20 of More Life. Today, Tamir Hassan and I talk about making changes in your life on your own terms. Tamir is a mediator, coach and author who facilitates conversations between parties to support the development of their skills to repair relationships. He believes in helping people find their own solutions to challenges so they feel empowered to take action. He does that, among other things, by leading trainings that teach various conflict resolution skills, participants then learn ways to create the outcomes they wish to have. Timur recently published Stop Getting Triggered in Mediations, the art of managing triggers as a mediator and increasing your impact. He's also the founder of Own Your Own Solutions LLC and a professional certified coach, snowboarder, scuba diver and avid poker player. At More Life, we explore questions such as how can we feel more alive and how can we create more aliveness around us from a variety of perspectives. If that's something for you, join all the others and subscribe. Amir, welcome to the show. It's been a great pleasure having you and I want to start right away with the question, how do we create more life? How do we create more life? That's interesting. Coming from the conflict space, what, what are we meaning by more? It, it, mm-hmm. The question sounds as if there's less. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not more in terms of negative, angry emotions, I would suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so I, then maybe I have more not thriving. Or, yeah, more thriving or more of what we want. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it would really start with sitting down and getting clear of what we want more of in our life Mm -hmm. so that we know what we're shooting for. And then um, start by looking at what's helped us have more of that in the past to kind of give us a head start. And, you know, that's one thing a coach is great for to really solidify that uh, game plan for creating more and then starting to work to achieve that plan. Um, But really it it starts with looking within first to get clear on what an individual wants more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And um, now because you come out of, you have a lot of experience with mediating conflict and helping people through conflict. Is there anything, any, any knowledge, any insight that you can draw from that that perhaps can help people create more life? Um, yeah, I mean, for, for that first piece of getting clear of what they want more of and then looking for opportunities, that's something I, I don't think people do enough. They're sitting back waiting for things to happen to them. Mm-hmm. versus looking for opportunities to start creating more, um, having conversations in a different way with others and even with themselves, you know, noticing that inner dialogue and self-talk and the impact it's having and the results it's getting and looking where they can just try something different. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I preach a lot to people of this, if it's not working, try something new. Take the time to slow down and try something new. 
And the more you try something new, you can start getting different results and see things in a different way. Yeah, right. So pausing, slowing down, and then accelerating into a different direction and then seeing how that goes. Yeah, and maybe even not even accelerating, taking it slow. Because mm -hmm. for some people, that's part of the problem is we're in this go, go, go society, stay busy, got to achieve the next thing that maybe just slowing down. Yeah. I mean, that's another piece of conflict is people are having conversations too fast and missing over and not clarifying and not restating their understanding. And that's a key sure. part of what mediation is, is slowing the conversation down so that we can see what's missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. Uh, it makes immediate sense to me that uh, that is a big part of mediation. Uh, I didn't register that before. So really what I suppose we can we can learn from that then is when it comes to conversation that uh, just how 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 important it is to actually understand each other, not just superficially understand each other. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, you know, when you think of your partner, when you fight, you usually fight over the little stuff, right? Mm. You know, the big stuff, you know, you need to sit down, talk through, make a plan because it's big and complex. Right. But we're quick to jump down each other's throat over something small. Mm. And that becomes the pattern. Yeah. No, this is not a question that I wrote down beforehand, but it's something that I want to ask you. Yeah. As as somebody who has so much experience with managing and dealing and, and going through conflict and helping other people go through conflict, do you see that you have less conflict in your life because of that? Um, overall, yeah. And it also depends on you know, the individual I'm dealing with, hmm. you know, I, I can use all the skills in the world. And if people don't want to engage or participate in the conversation to move it forward, there's not much I can do. Right. Or at yeah. least I'm the one doing all the work and shouldering the labor in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so I, I did not read your book, but I skimmed through it a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. one thing that really stood stood out to me was this. Um, you pointed out that mediators don't have to do the deep work to become mediators, but coaches yeah. do have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, a function of way the the uh, training is just set up in the industry. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of an industry thing. Yeah, right. If you, I'm just curious, if you would compare an individual who is a mediator with an individual who is a coach and a mediator, how would they show up differently when mediating? Um. The person who's got the coach background is going to be a little bit more creative. Mm -hmm. 
in how they approach that they might uh, change up the format or even toss it out the window if they recognize it doesn't work for the individuals. But just like a coaching session, knowing that there's a structure that they need to move through with the participants. Um, they may even spend more time on connection, hmm. knowing how important that is from the coaching world, that you just need to connect with people and you need to help people regulate their system because if people are in conflict, they know they're coming to talk about the conflict. Mentally, they get themselves worked up before they even approach that. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so things like that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like being less rigid and more, more yeah. grounded in the situation itself. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, part of it too is, especially in the States, uh, the mediation field is attached to our judicial system. Yeah, right. So a lot of the court processes require you to go to mediation. A lot of mediators also practice as attorneys. Yeah. And attorneys are trained to think in a certain way. So even breaking them of the habits of how they approach questions and curiosity um, becomes a challenge. Mm. Yeah, and of course they they bring the authority into yeah. the process too. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so if as an individual, really it is about slowing down and identifying what is the right direction and what speed is the right speed for me, um, how can I, as an individual, support others in creating more lives more life in their lives yeah yeah no i i think that's the where curiosity really takes shape i mean even in coaching when teaching coaches i specifically highlight language hmm. because this idea of help implies that we're going to get our hands dirty too versus changing it to support and it's how do you support somebody without getting your hands dirty? Mm -hmm. Our go-to is to help people, which means to fix the problem for them. And if as a, you're trying to get out of that with curiosity, it's helping the person identify what do they need and then helping them identify the potential opportunities. So you're right back into coaching, whether you're a trained coach or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it, 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 it's very simple. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, I, I find that most of life is really simple. We make it complicated, it seems, just for the sport of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. I'm guilty for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So helping people understand. Well, um, but I, I do have to say that sometimes when i when i coach i have the feeling that it might actually be beneficial if i had skin in the game whether that is contractually there or not yeah um to be well really more accountable for the work that i do yeah 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 i can see that in, um, in that yeah in that coaching relationship that definitely makes sense I mean, your reputation's on the line. Right. 
But if you're not in that role for the average person, you know, then what do we have? Because we've got lots of people trying to quote, help each other. Yeah. And we're trying to be more supportive of friends and family members. And so it becomes, how can they be successful in the approach in being supportive without officially being trained? Mm. Yeah. Now, um, you said that you, you train coaches, um, I do too, and still sometimes I notice that there can be a huge difference in the ability of a person to support another without having any training at all. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, sometimes I'm asked like, how important is it to have a training, a uh, coaching certification? And I say, well, well, it, you know, it depends maybe with whom you want to work with. Um, but if you resonate with a person and, and they know that you can help them, then they probably don't care about it. So right. it is more about how you show up. And the training, of course, supports you showing up in a you know more powerful way for your client. Right, which ties back to your earlier question about mediators and that lack of self-development work. When you learn to be a coach, you learn to look within as well as apply the skills. Yeah. And that's where that training really starts to matter. Mm. If you haven't already been on that self-introspective journey, looking within is going to be new. Yeah. And digging deep is going to be new. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How's that journey been like for you to become the coach that you are today? Um, It's been fun. It's something that since early on in life, I've been naturally curious about why people do the things they do, but not committed enough to go get a psychology degree or go be a therapist. But then once I discovered coaching and got a flavor for it and jumped into it, it's been fun. As, mm. as, when you're naturally curious, that's the basis of everything. Whether you're in a coaching conversation or a conflict conversation or just conversation in general, getting to know the person in front of you at a deeper level. Right. And maybe that's even more valuable than having all the skills that you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Just building that connection, which leads back to feeling alive. Mm -hmm. Right. Having more life. You know, everything that comes from getting to know somebody better. Yeah. Yeah. And and that way you also create more life for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. So it is you know, I see some common threads in the in the episodes that I'm recording. Oh, um yeah. <laughs> one is certainly, you know, first look looking within and, and defining you know what what is it that i want who do i want to be what do i want to do or have and another one um, that is that is uh, maybe not as visible but i i can perceive it is that to create to help others create more life the first thing i have to sh to do is is show up as myself and then show yes. up, for example, with curiosity, right? And then 
have a conversation that is passionate and curious and, and sincere and that creates more life for everybody involved in most cases. Yeah, yeah. No, I was having a conversation with a friend over lunch yesterday about that. And they they were talking about as a younger person learning to just be in the world, how they can show up more as themselves, be okay with that to give their people that really would connect with them the opportunity to see and find them. Hmm. And all of the rules and conditioning we live to quiet ourselves or put a lid on our personality and the impact that actually has toward the goals we're trying to achieve. Yeah, let's actually stay with that. I'd like to explore that a little. So maybe from your own experience, what has helped you um, more, let's say, honestly be yourself, show up as yourself and not a conditioning? Um, Yeah, I would say having situations in high school where I, in the moment, realized I had to choose. Do I want to be accepted with the cool kids at the cost of giving up the things that I really enjoy? Or do I want to say what I enjoy is more important and screw the cool kids? Hmm. As an introvert and an only child, I'm already okay being alone. Right. And from that place, being willing and correct, having the courage to stake that, put that stake in the ground, you know, in the moment of, yeah, no, this is what I enjoy. I'm going to stick with what I enjoy. And then the byproduct of that is I I call it, you know, turn your light on so people can find you. Hmm. If you show up authentically as yourself with all of the things you call quirky and weird, the people who are also attracted to that or participate in that can see and find you. Right. I like that. Turn on your light so others can find you. Yeah, because the best light that you can shine is is just being authentically yourself. And the best interactions you can have are the ones where you are being yourself, where I am being myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That same friend, I said, if we're preaching in the workplace to show up as your authentic whole self, well, okay, you know to do that in the workplace. Are you doing that in your personal life? Are you doing that with your friendships? When you're out there trying to date, are you doing that every moment you can? Right. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, I mean, I've, I have, I'm in a committed relationship since seven years, but I know that in the dating world, that is not always very present. That whole self, authentic no. self. it's and i've distilled it down in recent years to it's how the whole system of dating is set up right it is set up with the goal up front and to achieve that goal you mute yourself or turn so hide some things to achieve the goal rather than changing what the goal is which is back to just connection here to connect with people here to get to know people see who's a good fit rather than lock this one person down and call them mine <laughs> yeah yeah that's right and and sometimes it comes even with the idea of 
I'm going to pretend to be perfect and then later I will let my guard down, which doesn't make any sense at all because then you've, you, you've already broken the trust. Right, right. That's the piece we don't see or think about or even give voice to as you're going through it to realize, oh, you pulled the rug from under me. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but it's not a strong enough breach of choice that I'm willing to walk away. Right. <laughs> or there's yeah. something enticing here that I really, really want that I'm willing to overlook that breach of trust. Yeah. 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 The games, the games that are played. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, mm. we've got to get rid of the games. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, when we started dating, she was like, I don't do no games. I was like, okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exhausting anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's something I learned early on. Um, being a poker player, letting people know up front, hey, I play a game for sums of money you may not be comfortable with. I'm responsible when I do it, but I enjoy it and I'm not stopping. So mm -hmm. if that's a problem for you, let's, it's out on the table. You can say so now and we can uh, manage how this relationship goes forward. Hmm. Hmm. Was that often a concern? Um, in the circles I've been in, no. And the relationships, no. But I know for people and friends, when they find out, they're like, oh, you do what? Oh, how, how, how much do you win? How much do you lose? Oh, I could never do that. And you could start to see the judgment and contempt growing. And also by the nature of, you know, the hobby, you might be out all night. Mm. And for people with trust issues and uh, relationship traumas, that's not a good thing. Right. So letting them know, here's the world that I operate in. Mm. Mm -hmm. hmm. How often do you play? Um, more recently, a couple times a week. Get, getting ready for, you know, in the summer, there's the big World Series of Poker in Vegas. So getting ready for that run mm. and getting back into it after three years off in COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Huh. What what kinds of amounts are you playing with, if, if you don't mind um, sharing? You know, thousands. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, plus, plus or minus thousands in a given night. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Do you do you think that your experience as a coach and mediator has made you a better poker player, better at reading people? Oh, one hundred percent. I've even noticed because of COVID. You know, I basically took three years off from playing, uh -huh. and so being steeped in conflict work during that time and really tuning into people and emotions. When I got back to playing, it was like a big light bulb moment. Of, <laughs> oh. I already knew people don't um, practice to get better or learn to get better. This is just their entertainment and they have disposable income. But now I saw an element of the game that I just didn't pay enough attention to was people's emotions and staying on top of emotions, just like I do in conflict to then navigate and manage those emotions in real time. So that's been a huge shift in my thinking. Um, but yeah, the, the people reading both situations i go back and forth i use the skills on both sides 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. no- noticing when somebody's off balance and trying to figure out why, what just happened, what did I miss, and how do I use that information? Right. And does it also help you to keep a better poker face? Um, not necessarily. I mean, the, the poker face is kind of a myth. It's more about being consistent. Okay. You know, if you're if you consistently make faces and give off physical tells, then just be consistent so that you can't be read. So that um if you don't, then yeah, don't. Hmm. But also when you're deep in thought and trying to figure something out in the moment, there doesn't have to be a lot of facial expressions or body movement. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's not my world, um, but I'm I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's the fun part. That 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 becomes back to that alive part. It's like, oh, exactly. there's something I know nothing about. Here's somebody I can talk to. This is going to get interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, do you do you sometimes tell people that you are a coach and or mediator? When playing, do they react to that in a certain way? When it comes up in conversation, yeah. And they react. I mean, even recently, um, because it's such a small community within the hobby, you know, people, what have you been up to? What do you do for work? Or, I, oh, yeah, I saw you wrote a book. That's cool. I would, can I work and I buy a copy? And, you know, I, I give copies away. And they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I could totally use this. Yeah, this is great. And so then the, the talk starts happening and I even had it. Oh, hey, I was meant to tell you so-and-so was going to buy your book for me. And so I give it away. And then other people are, oh, what is this? You wrote a book? That's you? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so things just kind of snowball from there organically. Nice. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know how does or would your ideal day look like oh, my ideal day being able to wake up be on a beach go diving come mm-hmm. back get some work done to earn some money go back diving you know <laughs> just an interspersion from the time you wake up diving and working and throw a nap in there and more diving and working because we can dive at night. We've got the equipment. So, Hmm. you know, it can be a 12 hour ordeal and that would be Hmm. the ideal day. Lots of diving. Yeah. No poker playing while diving though. Not while diving, but if I could be somewhere where I can dive and play poker, then, you know, when my body needs a rest from diving, I've got poker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because although oh, diving cool. is fun, it, it's still a physical sport where you've got heavy gear and you're in water and stabilizing yourself. Hmm. Hmm. Does it does it help you to feel more centered to go diving? Definitely, it's meditative. All you can hear is the air, whatever underwater sounds there are, maybe there's boats in the area and the level of focus you have to have because your life is on the line every time you go in the water, no matter how deep it is. 
And so you're focused on the aspects of diving and to dive safely with your buddy while looking at whatever is there is to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't do scuba diving, but I, I like diving, just holding my breath. Yeah. The free diving. I I see lots of those people out there. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I I used to snorkel and then I was like, this is too loud. (laughs) Remove the snorkel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't enjoy snorkeling because I'm so used to going down and getting up close to seeing the sea life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where we live, the, the water temperature is getting, you know, better. It's probably like um, 65 Fahrenheit. Okay. That's, um, that, that's pretty cozy for, yeah. <laughs> being out there where i'm at uh, in the seattle area it's 42 to 45 year round oh yeah no <laughs> yeah i i go without wetsuit <laughs> oh yeah no you're here we're wetsuit i've got two dry suits so there you being, go <laughs> being cold is one thing being wet and cold is a whole other animal <laughs> yeah yeah no so i'm i'm getting excited about uh, and that's at 18 degrees Celsius um, here, more or less. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm getting excited of strapping on my goggles a bit more often and going for yeah. a dive. Yeah, yeah. And ironically, where I'm at, summer is not a great time. You hmm. know, winter's the best time around here. Oh, really? Yeah. the uh, The sun and the temperature cause some of the plankton and algae to grow, which makes right. it cloudy and like swimming in pea soup yeah great <laughs> yeah, so not not fun usually you know may is a month off from diving because the mm. visibility is just not great mm. Mm. interesting well here actually around this time of the year is probably the best because it's still pretty clear yeah and there there are not not many waves so uh, like yeah. earlier in spring and winter it's just you don't see anything because it's wavy yeah. Um, and then in summer, um, it, it becomes a bit more foggy as well, mm-hmm. be that plankton or, or sand. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that's great. Good to, good to know. I need to go to Spain this time of year and go diving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just the Mediterranean in general. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of good places to dive around here. The islands yeah. are probably the best. Yeah, yeah. Now there's there's lots of charters and little boards I see that advertise in that area, so I know it's good. Mm-hmm. You've not been in the Mediterranean area, not for diving. No, one of those things that's on a list, which is why it's important to have that ideal life of working and diving and not having to take time out for vacation to go enjoy these things. I can be in the place, I can work from the place and enjoy what the place has to offer. So I don't need to stop working. So have you have you actually ever done that, that you go diving, work a little, and then go diving again on the same day? Um, Not yet. It's coming this year. The way things are working out for me, it, it, cool. it will be a reality here real soon. Very nice. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hmm. so what are you focused on in life at the moment? 
what am I focused on? Transitioning myself out of my government job into the consulting world that that's happening here over the next month, um, which opens up the time to really look at how is life going to be structured? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer of not retiring because when we look at the traditional model of retiring, it really is not working for money. Mm. That, that is the goal. And so how do we structure life to enjoy life more in our younger years when our bodies are much more capable to hit those bucket list items or those things we've heard about that sound really interesting, but this job's in the way. Yeah. So how, how do I make money, sustain myself and enjoy those things? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's really the focus for the rest of this year, for sure. And then into next year, really starting it up with that's just life. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like uh, perhaps reducing your work time, but certainly dividing it or, or allocating it more how you like it or how it works for you. Yeah. 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 Nice. Cool. So I'm, so I'm out of that mode of working to live. Mm. yeah nice um i have to think of uh well i i used to have a very long bucket list <laughs> especially like travel destinations and i've traveled a lot and i've i've stayed yeah. in different places for also longer periods of time and right now i'm actually starting to think of that again like what what is on my bucket list I, I don't really have many items on it right now um I'm, I'm rebuilding that yeah yeah no i i'm kind of the same I, I haven't ever really had one there's those places or things you go oh that'd be interesting to see but nothing really a must have but right. i've also traveled enough where i go oh i'm going to be in that area and i remember that area has this thing so let me go check that thing out and my brother works for the uh, State Department of our federal government. So he's in a new city and country basically every three years. So I make it a point to go visit him wherever he is at least once in those three-year periods. So I've been lots of cool places that I didn't really plan to go, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. And there I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, We're, we're planning our, our next holiday right now. So um there's also like yeah i don't know how this is gonna be but sounds interesting let's do it you know i i find that those can be some of the best adventures when they're loosely planned and thought out yeah and you're just willing to go with the flow and trust that intuition when you get there and have fun yeah yeah that's true i well to be honest i used to be much more flexible when it comes to that compared to now now i do want a certain uh a certain structure yeah um but i i do i did notice when we were just talking about it actually uh after lunch that i want to have a mix of both just everything planned out does not work i mean it does not sound that interesting anymore i like yeah. looking at hey we could have dinner there um, but not like fix it. We will have dinner there. It's more like, yeah. no, I have some options and then we just see and yeah. decide on the go. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, even when you pre-plan and say, oh yeah, yeah, I want to check that out. I want to have dinner there. And then you get there and start talking to locals and go, where should I go? And they'll tell you, oh yeah, that place on your list. No, scrap it. (laughs) I don't know why it has five stars. Go to this other place. Yeah, exactly. And when you start following those suggestions and you learn, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't plan on that great review place, (laughs) or at least let me double check and make sure it's actually great. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with having so much information online. I mean, it's all curated. Yeah. Yeah. So got to be careful and deciding on something you see online is also that that's my opinion. And maybe it's, it's a bit black and white, but it's not as real as talking to people in the street and asking them, Hey, what do you say? It it definitely can be questionable And to your point of curated. Yeah. There's so much stuff that is curated and it's hard to know what has been curated versus what's an authentic review. And then you go a different direction of the credibility of the reviewer. Yeah. You said five-star reviews, but what is your personal taste? What is your life experience? Can I trust that that five stars is actually five stars? Or is this mm-hmm. a rookie? Like, oh, oh my, this is amazing. Oh, this is the best thing ever. It's like, you <laughs> haven't had much. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your credibility is questionable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Now, um, I would like to slowly come to an end but i have one more question which could be very interesting what is the best change you've recently implemented in your life the best change um well that's easy i I was generous in putting in three months notice for quitting my job one for them to give them time but also for myself to actually put together a plan because i I got Hmm. to a point where I've been feeling this way for six months to a year, but not doing anything about it. And mm-hmm. I hit that breaking point of, all right, this is enough. And uh, in other situations in my life, I've just had enough and declared I'm done. I don't have a plan, but I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the more recent ones. Um, that deadline is coming up what, July 7th. Mm-hmm. And I've got some things working that might make it sooner. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the biggest, most recent thing. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big step. It is. And I'm ready. Not sure if I wasn't ready before or fear was winning, but it's time. I'm ready. And so I've got to commit. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Very nice. So maybe that's actually something for the audience as well. Maybe you can ask yourself. Is there something that you've been wanting to do? You've been feeling kind of ready, but maybe not 100%. And maybe it is in a similar situation where you can commit to make a change, but don't need to make it right away, but in a month's time or two or three, and then use that time when the decision is made already to prepare for that change. Yeah, I mean mean that, and also remembering that make the change on your terms because things can happen to where the decision is made for you and now you're left scrambling Mm. and and for me this is a good reminder of 
I'm making this decision on my terms. So I can have that sense of control. Certainty is an illusion. So I, I can put that on the shelf, but I can feel like I'm empowered and in control of what's going on. Yeah. And really looking in the mirror and for everybody, how do you do that for yourself? Mm -hmm. Where are the opportunities to really look and do that and commit? Yeah. And treating as a learning journey. You know, fear is always going to be there, but what is it to learn from the experience of committing and seeing it through? Exactly. Um, I I just quickly want to share. Um, I every now and then have conversations. Sometimes they're coaching conversations. Sometimes um, other normal conversations where. It's exactly about commitment. And I see the the person I talk to just being scattered and un, unwilling to settle for one thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm like that to a certain degree too. And then not getting what they want simply because of that, simply because there's no focus and no commitment to one thing for a certain period of time to see the results of that specific thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've come across that quite a bit. And, and that's where I like to go deeper. That state of scattered is a, we'll, we'll call it a state of being. And what is it about that state of being that's comfortable? And what are they avoiding by being in that state of scatteredness? And exploring that to go deeper and figure out is that a habit that you've developed over time for certain reasons? Is it a trauma response? Or is it your coping mechanism for avoiding being with yourself or being with others? Mm, yeah. And those become I, fascinating I, conversations. Yeah. I find that it's often connected with a low-level fear of mm -hmm. failure. Because if yeah. I don't commit fully... I cannot fail fully. Right, right. And I like to point out where you're already failing because you're not doing the thing that you really want to do. <laughs> right, yeah. So you've got failure nailed. <laughs> but if you have other things going on, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't, yeah, it becomes an illusion. I'm not failing, no, I see all these things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but all those things you really want, and are you actually achieving what you want? Yeah, 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 that's tough. I, I need to remind myself of that too. We all do, which is why coaches have coaches to work through and remember these little lessons that we discover with clients. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, it has been really great having you on. If people want to find Thank more you for about listening. you and if you got something out wrote, of this episode, how can that. they find with out your more friends about or you. colleagues or even with yeah, me by um, sending a message on my socials. You as well. Subscribe you, to get uh, notified about new episodes. Leave a rating or comment in your um, app to help others find me, uh, more life. My if you have requests for future topics or suggestions for fitting guests, email me at joram at emergedjobs.com. My book, the next episode, Marianne Yudel and Amazon, I will talk about title or even under and how name, to support people which I'm sure will be in the notes of the Thanks podcast. Again, and hopefully um, until next time. You know, I, I post videos on Instagram under Tamir W. Hassan, uh, P. 
people are always curious is what does it look like when you go diving? It's like, well, I can describe it, but here, let me just show you hmm. some of this stuff I can't describe. I got to check that out. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll put some links in the description. So it's, it's easy for people to find you. And I just want to thank you again for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you. This has been fun.